we get, we, we'll go with that. So I don't know that that's unprecedented. Chris Steyerwalt, thank you very much. It's the top of the hour. Let's go right to the wall with Connell McShane and get the latest standing. All 40 percent of the vote now. So we're almost halfway there in terms of the votes coming in from the Iowa State GOP. And Donald Trump is still above that 50 percent mark. We talked earlier about how he wanted to avoid the argument that any of his rivals could make tomorrow where more people were showing up to vote against him than to vote for him. So far, they won't be able to make that argument if this stands. The battle for second place is a close one. Ron DeSantis just above one uh, percentage point ahead of Nikki Haley, who's at 18.8. DeSantis at 20 percent. A couple of worrying points for Nikki Haley. One is the turnout. We talked earlier as we look at where the votes remaining are right now. Polk County at the top of the list, 15,000. But the total number of votes out is 66,500. And the estimates from our partners at Decision Desk HQ saying that the total turnout in this Iowa caucus might be 30 plus percent lower than it was when it set a record in 2016, the last time there was a competitive caucus. So for Nikki Haley, she really needed uh, to have a strong performance in some of the population centers. So we've been talking just as a big, broad example about Polk County, the largest county in Iowa. Well, look at this. Donald Trump's leading in Polk County. If you go back and use an historical comparison to 2016, this is one of the uh, the places, there were five counties in all, that Marco Rubio won, middle of the screen right, at 27%. And we thought that if Nikki Haley was going to make a run towards a strong second place, she'd do well in a place like Polk County. Well, she's doing better than DeSantis is there, but she's 10 points beyond Trump. And, you know, as expected, if you if you come out to the live results and look at the entire state of Iowa and you can see it here in the map because we've used red as the uh, color that distinguishes Donald Trump from the other candidates. It's almost all red, as expected. If, if most of these 99 counties are going to be colored in in favor of, of Trump right now, the lone exception on the list is Sioux County, which was Trump's worst county last time around. Uh, highly evangelical and Ron DeSantis, as he needs to do, is doing well there, but there's not that many votes in. In fact, there's uh, a number that are still out in Sioux County, 2400, which is a small county uh, to begin with. So uh, there it is, guys. We have some real uh, results coming in. And, and Donald Trump, as he was expected to do, is putting up a good number here. It's still above the magic number, if you will, of 50 percent. He's at 52.7. Wow. Right. And as we were saying early Historic. on, Elizabeth, you were saying, you know, for Nikki Haley, her night begins and ends uh, in Polk County. Right. Yep. That's the most populous one. We don't have a big percentage there yet. And it's going to be watched because the secondary headline is going to be if Haley was able to take it from DeSantis. Well, but. you heard Starwalt also talk about the fact that if DeSantis does well enough that he has justification for staying in and, and sticking it out, that's good for Trump because it gives Nikki Haley somebody else to wrestle with. It does right. not winnow out the race. And again, the third party in the race. Yep. The media is going to change narratives in New Hampshire. Well, this is way more reflective. Mm -hmm. In South Carolina, this is very, you know. So that's maybe will help a DeSantis and Haley also. But you know who will have a better feel? The people who caucus. Absolutely. So we have the caucus party going on tonight. And these aren't just people who are watching a process go on as concerned citizens, which is cool enough. These are people who are actually caucusers who are now going to tell us uh, what the deal was. So I want to ch uh, check in with uh, Shirley. Is Shirley there? Can you hear me? Can you see me? Is Shirley there? Can you hear me? Can you see me? I can see you and I can hear you. So first of all, congratulations uh, for being among the uh, few who braved the weather in the interest of the greater cause. So thank you to you and your fellow caucusers for doing that. What can you tell us about how it went where you were and how you feel about what you're seeing in the results? Well, at my location, there were two precincts that were together, so I'm think, uh, precincts 59 and 60, standing room uh, only. You know, the vibe in the room is that Trump was going to walk away with it like, duh. However, the real surprise for me was the uh, results for Nikki Haley. Uh, in my precinct, precinct 60, which was the largest group that was there, it was 60 to 55, uh, you know, Trump to... Uh, Haley with uh, uh, DeSantis coming in third place uh, in each uh, in each caucus. Mm. And how so you say you were surprised by Haley. Does anybody in the room behind you? Uh, I'll even count the person with the Trump caucus captain hat, even though I can probably tell what her vote's <laughs> going to be on this. Um, does ever, do people in the room behind you believe that's it? It's over. We have to get behind Trump. I don't know why we're having any of these other primaries. Show hands. Who thinks that? 
There's one guy with a very nice cheese cutter on, okay, shaking wait, his head hold on, no. hold on, There's a lot of hands. But okay. what do the hands mean? Do the hands mean you think it's over? Gather around Trump, let's go. All right, let's do it again. Who thinks it's over? Hands up. And so what about right, it? About it? And my guess is that every one of them voted for Trump. That's right. Um, all right. That's I mean, I'm so just saying. Smart. So, so, but I mean, that's like the same question is asking them who voted for Trump. Um, let, let me ask you something, Shirley. What's your sense about whether or not you'll need somebody else uh, based on the theory that Trump may be derailed from being able to run? Did that have any weight in the caucus room that you were in tonight? Well, I don't know, because, you know, it really isn't as interactive as uh, some might think it is. You know, uh, our experience in our uh, caucus is that, you know, people go into the room pretty well uh, decided to uh, hear from the uh, candidate's representative if they have one. Mm -hmm. And you cast your ballot and uh, stay for some uh, business if you want. and, and, And then you go. Uh, so I, I'm not sure what movement, if any, there was as a result of that experience. Well, Shirley, I appreciate you. Thank everybody there for taking the time to be with us. And I appreciate you participating in this process, especially. I know it's always cold this time of year in Iowa, yes, but not like warm, this. Everybody. So I hope everybody's pipes are OK at home. I hope everybody's got heat at home uh, and that the water keeps flowing. And thank you very much for being with us. You're welcome. All right. So, you know, interesting that she was a little surprised by Haley. But again, you know, the the race for second is a little bit less interesting when it's this prohibitive uh, a margin. I mean, he's going to blow every record tonight. Well, now, according to some of his uh, surrogates like Jason Miller, he's going to actually speak in the next 15 minutes or so as well, well, which would not be surprising. Right. The idea that he wants to put a period on this thing and say we're up over 50 percent and not miss the window of highest huts I was going to as say, former co-anchors of 2020 knows. know at 10 o'clock. Yes, exactly. Um, you know. That's exactly when the most people are watching. I'm not sure when that football game's ending, but I'll bet you anything he's keeping an eye on that as well mm-hmm. because he wants the biggest audience. He wants to go out and congratulate himself on winning uh, and yeah. breaking, uh, making history. We'll certainly Iowa. be covering that live if and when it happens. Yes, uh, we will. Speech from, uh, we literally do not have an option. We're going to be here. From now until 11 o'clock tonight. That is an absolute given. Right. But if speeches went on later than 11, we could be here later than 11. Oh, yeah. At a minimum, I'm yeah. saying. Okay. So I don't know what All plans right. you have. You're right. a very well, busy guy. That, you know, but you better be, you know. Yeah, this I'm, guy's I'm, had big plans. I'm here. Yeah. He's, he's, he's a big deal. He's a big deal. All right. We're going to take a break here. And we'll keep getting reaction about what uh, made this decisive victory for the former president tonight. It seems that at this rate, he's going to break every record and make it more obvious than ever that the GOP is the party of Trump. Stay with us. Just joining us, we are getting closer to knowing the winner of the 2024 Iowa caucus. Well, we actually know the winner. The question is just who's going to come in second place here with Chris Cuomo and Elizabeth uh, Vargas. But there is talk of Donald Trump being ready to put an exclamation point on that victory. Let's check in with our chief Washington anchor, Leland Vitter, at Trump's headquarters in Des Moines. Leland, are we expecting the uh, former president to be coming out shortly? Yeah, about eight minutes from now is what we're hearing from the campaign. The word that I got from the war room is historic. Uh, and that's what they are going to brand this victory, as you can see on the screen President Trump now over 50 percent. And that was the thought that he could say that more people, more Republicans voted for me than against me. Um, And they're coming out at a time that is uh, noteworthy. Namely, uh, they're coming out before the vote totals run up uh, in DeSantis and Haley counties. Those are the larger, more populous counties uh, around Des Moines, around Davenport. Donald Trump has done very well in the rural counties and what you might call the ex-urban counties, the the slightly less rural parts uh, of Iowa. There's not really much urban part uh, here to Iowa. So expect him to talk about how historic uh, this is. You're going to hear that he's now won the Iowa caucus by double the numbers. Uh, roughly, these numbers hold roughly double what anyone else has held, uh, won by. Uh, unclear in terms of DeSantis and Haley, I think, at least from the Trump supporters that I've talked to here, 
they're a lot happier that Ron DeSantis has done poorly um, than they care about Nikki Haley. Um, they kind of view Haley as an afterthought. They view Ron DeSantis as a traitor. So we'll see how much Donald Trump talks about that. And you can tell a lot by who he attacks uh, in terms of who he views as the biggest threat, Dan. And we're expecting, again, in, uh, I guess, less than six minutes yeah. now for that speech to begin. But you know, it is not surprising, right, that Donald Trump is no, doing but this what now. what about your point, which I, I think is a good one, and we're certainly going to hear it from the other campaigns and probably a lot of people in the media, which is, hey, Leland, if you're still here, I want your take on it, because uh, you're closest to it right now, which is the idea of, yeah, okay, he won, but he was supposed to win, and Iowa does not reflect even what the GOP is across the country, and it was low turnout. It's only going to be about 100, 110, 15,000 people. This is not over. This is not a representative sample of the GOP. There's a long way to go. What do you make of the uh, purchase of that argument coming out of tonight? All true statements. Um, and there's, you know, a statement always, Chris, and I think I learned this in high school. I don't know if you did, but uh, if you're explaining, you're losing, right? Mm. Um, and this puts all the other campaigns in the position of having to explain. Ron DeSantis has to explain why he didn't vastly outperform. Nikki Haley has to explain um, why she didn't meet the expectation of that last Des Moines Register poll and, and really you know, have this huge amount of momentum. And Donald Trump gets to say, hey, I won by historic uh, double the margins that anybody else has ever won by. Um, so... Yes, all what things you said is true. Um, but, you know, Iowa is a microcosm uh, of America for the Republican Party. You've got uh, some very, very wealthy suburban uh, suburbs around Des Moines. You've got farmers. You've got rural. You've got very educated, as Connell was pointing out. You've got sort of high school educated rural working class voters. Uh, the, they're road testing all of this through Iowa. Uh, now it becomes incumbent among the other the campaigns, both Haley and DeSantis to prove there's a purpose for their campaign and a reason and a reason to exist rather than Donald Trump having to prove that he's the front runner, which uh, if these numbers held, uh, he will prove in spades tonight. All right, Leland, I appreciate you. Thank you very much. You know, what will be interesting is it will be hard for the former president to exaggerate the extent of his victory tonight. He might find Well, we don't know the extent. <laughs> but I'm saying he yeah. often will say this was historic, this was the most, right. this was... A, right. This is one of the few times when it actually yeah, is. He, he's yeah. going to probably be pretty close yeah. to spot on. All right, let's get some perspective from two of the brightest political commentators and journalists there are out there, Lindsey Granger and Scotty Nell Hughes. Scotty, got to start with you as we wait for uh, Donald Trump to take the podium and, and, and give a speech. This is a massive, massive win for him in Iowa after losing the presidential election four years ago. What does this say about the power of his candidacy? Well, I think it speaks to an extreme power of his candidacy, considering most times when a Republican former president lose, loses, they just go away. I mean, you would have never seen Mitt Romney going for 2016 or John McCain in 2012, or let's even go back to George H. Bush. You would have never seen us even George considering George. putting him forward four years after his loss. But one thing that I do want to, to tell on to what you've been already talking about is tonight's polls in Iowa, and I'm not a big fan of polls. I agree they can be manipulated. They can serve a narrative. But in this case, the Iowa poll is actually right alongside what the national Republican poll is saying. You're looking at Trump having such a double-digit lead in almost every single poll. So from that perspective, I think this is why this is such a major victory for the Trump team. And I think you can also look at Ron DeSantis just replace his numbers with Ted Cruz. Because that's what we're seeing over and over again. The majority of people that support Ron DeSantis are people that supported Ted Cruz originally. And that's about the same thing that you're seeing in Iowa. And make no mistake, when Ron DeSantis gets out and goes back to Florida, uh, those people are not going to go over back over to the Nikki Haley camp. They're going to go right back to where they were originally, which is in the Donald Trump camp. Lindsey Granger, what's your take? Well, I agree. I don't think that Nikki's going to gain any supporters from um, Donald Trump's or anybody who supported Donald Trump or supports DeSantis. Or supports DeSantis. But I do think um, that Nikki Haley has a better direct 
path for a momentum and win beneath her wings going into second place. In any other time, second place is not a big deal. Second place doesn't matter. But we have to remember that Trump is facing 91 felony accounts, uh, felony counts across four different criminal cases. And that's a big deal. He also is facing a Supreme Court uh, decision that's going to happen on February 8th when the, they actually hear if he can be on the ballot in Colorado or not, a state that I live in. And I think it's really important because other states might, might follow suit based on whether or what that result is and what the Supreme Court says of whether or not he's an insurrectionist. And while he does have momentum within the Republican Party, even at that 53% that he might be hovering around right now, there still is that complaint about whether he can beat Biden. He lost to Biden once already. So going against him again, the general public might not want somebody with all that drama surrounding them to become their next president. And so Haley has that direct track to be, to me, a viable candidate because she's going into New Hampshire next, where she spent a ton more money than she did in Iowa. Um, DeSantis went to all 99 counties in Iowa. And even if he comes in second, to me, that's not a win for him because he didn't really spend much time in the other states as much as he did in Iowa. He put all his eggs in that basket. Yeah. So South Carolina next. I mean, I think that that's, I mean, to go to New Hampshire next and then South Carolina, those are two places where Nikki Haley actually has some momentum. South Carolina being her home state and a place where she has a track record as governor. And then New Hampshire, obviously, is somewhere where there's a lot of moderate voters, a lot of independents, and where Democrats can actually switch parties and decide that they want to vote on the Republican primary ticket. You know, Scotty, Lindsay raises a couple of good, really good points here. Most notably, New Hampshire plays to Nikki Haley's strengths because she's more moderate. I Iowa played to DeSantis's strengths, we thought, or at least conventional political wisdom dictated, because it, it had such a strong evangelical core of support there in the Republican Party. Are you surprised that it's really neck and neck between DeSantis and Haley in Iowa right now? Not really surprised, but excellent point in the fact that Democrats have nothing to do in Iowa and New Hampshire. I think this is why you're going to hear all of this, the polls and the momentum are behind Nikki Haley in these two states because the Democrats are crossing over. The Democrats view Nikki Haley as the candidate they want Joe Biden to run up against, a.k.a. the candidate they think they can beat the easiest. But you get to South Carolina, and I can guarantee it all halts there. Okay. South Carolina overwhelmingly is a Donald Trump state, which is pretty pathetic considering it was a state that Nikki Haley was governor of. All right, Scotty, you had said earlier tonight that, listen, at some point, everybody else needs to get out of this race, especially if Trump wins big in Iowa. It looks like he's on his way to doing that. What do you guys both think about the winnowing of the field here and what other candidates can do or should do or will do? Well, that's the thing. At this point, I don't see where Ron DeSantis has anything else to do but go back to Florida. There was a horrible tornado that went down on the East Coast. He is needed to be governor. And I would like to say for all of those Republicans and DeSantis fans, I would much rather have 50 Governor DeSantis's elected across the United States than one Donald Trump in office. So let's just get both and work together. And the sooner that we can clear the field, the sooner Republicans work can work on accomplishing that main okay. goal, which okay. I think helps everyone. Lindsay, really quick, 10 seconds. I think, uh, like I said, Haley is consolidating that anti-Trump vote, and there still is a large portion of the party, whether people want to admit it or not, that want more of a relaxed, sane candidate. And people have said that, that you've interviewed tonight that are actually in the field in Iowa, caucus goers, and people that even called in. And so I think we have to watch this closely and see what Haley does, especially as these indictments turn into criminal charges and move forward and these cases move forward, and especially as we watch what the Supreme Court does regarding um whether or not he can be on the ballot in Colorado. Lindsey Granger, Scotty Nell Hughes, thanks so much. Really glad to have you guys on the show with your smart analysis. Even putting aside the legal side of it, on the political side, every poll says Nikki Haley does better against Biden than Donald Trump. Right. And, every single, and one that came out today. That yeah. is going to be the narrative coming out of Iowa, which is the, hey, Iowa is not how our party usually goes, let alone the country in terms of this process. And there's more story to be told. How much does that work with Republicans? We'll see. Let's take a quick break. We're waiting on the former president to come out and give his own take on his victory. Stay with us. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants. They all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. 
Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. All right, welcome back. We're in watch mode here for when the former president, uh, Donald Trump, comes out to address the crowd in what seems to be a decisive victory for him. I'm here with Dan Abrams and Elizabeth Vargas. Uh, we all expected a victory. Um, what do you think? Do you think that Trump has to try to say it's over, right? Oh, not just Iowa, the whole race. I think he's been saying that already. And this is certainly tonight's results. Uh, I give him a lot of ammunition to make that point. <clears throat> he just scored the biggest victory in Iowa caucus history. I mean, it's huge. He's still as of, I don't know, depending on the different sets of numbers we're getting in. He's well over 50 yep. percent. Uh, you know, DeSantis and Haley are duking it out for number two. It looks like DeSantis may be edging her out, which is good news for him and good news for Trump because it keeps DeSantis in the race and keeps Haley from doing a mano a mano race. Um, yeah, he's going to get up there on that stage in that room we just showed you, which is packed full of his supporters wearing the caucus captain, Trump caucus captain caps. And, uh, and take a victory lap. But well I, deserved. But I think we have to provide a little bit of perspective here, which is that not only is this just Iowa, right? It Everybody, is oh, it's just, just Iowa. Iowa. But, but even more than that, you've got incredibly low turnout in yes. Iowa, right? So we're now talking about between, what, it's 100, 110,000. Record, in, like since 2000, right, it hasn't a been Record this low. low number of, of people. So if your position is, we care about every vote, we care about the numbers, et cetera, this becomes less significant when you look at the total number that came out today, the fact that there were fewer, many, many fewer. Yeah. I mean, we thought there might be 180,000, uh, which would have equaled uh, a record. Then people were saying, oh, maybe 150. 100 to 110,000. It's almost less. You're, you're right. You're really talking about a very small sample, even right. of but Iowa Dan, Republicans. Do remember, the presidential election in November will be decided on, you know, 20,000 voters in different counties throughout the country. The whole thing is based on a handful of voters. Because of the Electoral College. Because right. of the Electoral College. Um, there's definitely that factor. I, I think that one of the bright spots is a reminder that money won't guarantee you momentum. They dumped money Haley into this came. race. Haley, DeSantis. DeSantis. Uh, Trump put in about $18 million, which is a pretty good amount for him because he gets so much free media off television. Ramaswamy, you know, who's supposed to be a centimillionaire or whatever he is, he only put in like $4 million. He did it with his legs, mm -hmm. right? He, he visited all 99 counties twice. But, you know, it just shows that you can't buy your way into people's hearts and minds all the time. And, of course, you had this supervening weather event. Uh, but I do think the story coming out of this for second and third, and for the third party, which is the media. They can't have it be over after Iowa. New Hampshire has to matter. Uh, South Carolina, getting the Super Tuesday has to but, but, matter. But shouldn't it There's matter? an industry but involved. But yeah, but shouldn't it matter to Republican voters at large, right? The idea that Iowa shouldn't get to determine for all Republican voters yes. what happens. I mean, yes. I, I, Except I mean, the overriding polls, even though there are others who beat Biden more than Trump beats Biden, the polls within the party show exactly what we're seeing so, in so, Iowa. But, yeah, let them, let them do that. Let them vote. No, I'm I mean, not saying you stop the process. No, no, I'm I understand. That's but that's what Donald Trump is effectively going right. to say. We're, we're expecting to hear from him at any yeah, moment it, now. Nobody's going to stop the process. And as you well, just pointed out earlier in the show, yeah. Iowa has, does not have a great track record for picking right. the winners. But, 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 but the point is that, that Donald Trump will, in any moment now, say that effectively this should end the process, that this shows you that this isn't a real race. And, and my point is that let's let Republican voters decide. There will be, you, you gotta wait for New Hampshire. You gotta wait for South Carolina. It may be, it may be that uh, the various people we've had on have said South Carolina is going to be a blowout for Donald Trump. OK, if it is, so be it. But let's at least let's at least let I more Republican voters around the country get to weigh in before we determine that this thing is. over. They will. They will. And they will be voters from states with very radically different demographics. Right. And New Hampshire and South Carolina to... are very different. Exactly. Exactly. Look, if I'm Trump's guys, even though it, it burns money uh, and it creates some uh, variability in outcomes, you know, what do they come at us about in different places once they get desperate, desperate, you know, the other campaigns, you actually want 
the outcomes because it makes it galvanizes the case for you against Biden or whomever the Democrats wind up with, uh, that you'll show that in the cross section of different outcomes around the country, you dominated your own party. They're wrong uh, that anybody else would be stronger against Biden. I crushed these people. I'm the person. So you 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 want the at bats. I'm just saying tonight he's going to say, I told you I was king of this party. Now, you know, yep. He's definitely going to be saying that. So what are we hearing about when he's going to come on? We, uh, does Connell have a data dump while we're waiting for Trump? Yeah. Sure. All right. Yeah, we're waiting. We'll go, we'll go to the former president as soon as he starts speaking. But, Connell, you got some more numbers in? Well, we did have. Uh, there's one thing I was just looking at that I thought was kind of interesting. We talked earlier about how would Trump do with some of the evangelical voters. And there's a, a county or two that have reported where shows he's knocking it out of the park with many of them. First of all, overall in the state, 53 percent for Trump now. Uh, we're 20 percent for DeSantis. Let's go to the votes outstanding here just to see where they're at. Still have 50,000 votes or so out in Polk County where uh, the population centers are. Uh, the highest is still where most of the votes are. But again, Trump is still tracking above 53 percent. Uh, before he speaks here, I just want to get at least uh, one county in on the list here. It's just as an example of what I'm uh, trying to talk about with evangelical voters. Osceola County. So Donald Trump's at 64 percent there. Ron DeSantis, 16. Nikki Haley, 12. That's up in that northwest corner of the state that we talked about earlier in the night. If you look back to 2016 in the last competitive GOP primary, Ted Cruz, who won the primary, was at 35 percent. Trump didn't do as well there at 24 percent. He is killing it tonight. This the reason I brought this county up, Osceola, because if you look at how many votes they have outstanding, it's a goose egg. All their votes are in. So Osceola County has reported and Donald Trump is tracking it at 64 percent. So that was one of the four counties in that northwest corner of the state where we were wondering, you know, what would be different? This is a different Donald Trump now versus then. And it shows you, you know, where he has improved. Certainly it's with that evangelical. Also, it's a uh, tough Tough pill for DeSantis to swallow that he couldn't do what Ted Cruz uh, did. And in terms of Nikki Haley's ability to catch him, where are we in the population centers in terms of how many votes are available for her to win a disproportionate Let's look. I mean, let's look. If we just go out to votes remaining overall, you're going to see Polk County has the most. No surprise at 14,000. Story, Dallas, uh, those are counties where Nikki Haley could do well um, also. So, you know, we can go into the map here and just look at at Polk County, which is Des Moines. You know, Trump's still at 40 percent. So Haley's at 30 DeSantis at 20. Those are the types of places, again, to use history as our guide here, where the non-Donald Trump candidate's going to have to do well. It's one of five counties that Rubio won. He was at 27% in that uh, last uh, competitive prime uh, caucus in 2016. So, you know, Trump's holding his own there, and that's probably where uh, the story about the uh, the low turnout is, is hurting Nikki Haley, if we're being fair to this. So just looked at the last, this is overall in Polk County, but if you look at uh, statewide we have 43,000 votes out. Our estimates coming from Decision Desk HQ put the overall turnout now right around 100,000. Wow. So it keeps going down. Dan, you brought it up earlier how we thought maybe it would be 150 before the night began. The record is 187, which we had last time. Now we're tracking at about 100 even. So it's going to be, if that's right, the lowest turnout since 2000 when George W. Bush previously set the record in terms of percentage with 41. You can't blame the Iowans, though. They, oh, they didn't have a lot of reason to come out in terms of determining the outcome within their own party. You don't have a Democrat slate uh, going on just to create energy and ads, right? And it's freezing. Yeah. So, you know, you got to give it to anybody That's a holiday. who came out yeah. tonight. I think, I, I think the, the big disappointment tonight has got to be Ramaswamy, though. You go to all 99 counties twice, you get all that media attention, all that energy. Uh, he was playing on maybe he'd be a little bit of a we like Trump. We like what Trump's about. Just in case, let's give it to Ramaswamy. He's not even at 10 percent. Yeah. Those are the only votes he would have gotten. Right. I mean, he was basically mirroring Donald Trump on everything. I think he was out trumping Trump trying in to. many cases. Trying to, but that's the thing. You can't do that. And that was Ron DeSantis didn't try to specifically do that. He tried to go to the right of Trump on a, on a lot of issues again. That's a tough spot. But it's interesting that DeSantis did do that uh, in, in a bid for the evangelical support. Right. I, mean, I interviewed uh, a, a, a sort of a, a really big evangelical leader in Iowa who didn't declare for any of the candidates. And he said this year we haven't coalesced around one single candidate right. as we usually do, but that Trump was leading, despite the fact that 
Ron DeSantis is in favor of a six-week ban on abortion, and this is something that many of the evangelicals have supported. But he also said the issues that are really, really important to evangelical voters this year, the border and Israel. Well, and, and we see uh, that in Iowa, it's the economy, which is going to be first everywhere, right? You vote your pocketbook. And that immigration had made jumps recently yep. in the polls uh, into a, a second issue. But you would close, think but very, you would think with that, then that would benefit DeSantis. Right. You would think. I mean, DeSantis has made immigration more of an issue than Trump has. Right. I mean, look, the tricky analysis on DeSantis, you know, uh, O'Reilly has a great way of being incredibly cutting, uh, but also sometimes cutting to the chase, mm-hmm. that he doesn't have the charisma necessary to go up against Trump, but he certainly has the credentials. Mm-hmm. He was the hero of that party during COVID and coming out of yeah. the pandemic. I mean, he was the only, he was so much the only game in town that Trump was attacking him relentlessly yeah. about how big a deal he was and just shows, you know, once you start having contests, uh, everything changes. The narrative just fall away. Well, as we wait for Trump to take the uh, the podium and give his victory speech, let's go now to News Nation correspondent Kelly Meyer, who is at Nikki Haley's headquarters. Uh, Kelly, what's the mood like there? I know that recent polls just over the weekend from the Iowa Des Moines Register showed her in second place by four points. It looks like she's right now neck and neck, but slipping behind DeSantis into third. Yeah, you know, and I was just talking with folks out here, including um, Congressman Ralph Norman from South Carolina, surrogate for Haley. Even he said it's close, but he still believes that Nikki Haley is going to come in second here. But I think uh, they thought she was going to have maybe a potentially a stronger performance here and that maybe DeSantis wasn't going to be as close right now. So you're seeing the room starting to fill up. We haven't yet heard when she will be speaking. We've been in touch with her campaign spokesperson. No word yet on when she's coming out here, but there definitely is a lot a lot of a response we're getting from supporters in here saying, quote, it's close. I keep hearing that over and over again, Elizabeth. So people still have hope there. They definitely still have hope. They think it's tight, but they do think Nikki Haley will come out on top for second place, and that will give her uh, catapult her into New Hampshire. We also heard from a Democratic Iowan who changed party tonight just to vote for Nikki Haley, and that was something that we were watching for, these crossover voters that could come out just to make sure that Trump maybe didn't get the win here and that Nikki Haley could have that momentum going into New Hampshire from Iowa. All right, Kelly Meyer, keep an eye on things there at Nikki Haley's headquarters where she will be taking the stage as well later on this evening once results show exactly where she lands in this race. We're going to take a quick commercial break. When we come back, we'll hear from Donald Trump, who will be taking the podium to give his speech tonight after an historic victory in the Iowa caucus. I need answers to my tax questions. Where can I find them? Need answers? Try our interactive tax assistant on irs.gov forward slash ITA. Simply select your tax questions, provide your information, and it gives you answers. Also, check our help and resources page and try our online tax map, 5,000 tax topics from A to Z. Plus, you can access forms, publications in a variety of formats. No matter what, people need what you bring them. But sometimes a choice has to be made. You can make a safe one. Always expect a train. Know that trains can run on any track at any time in either direction. Understand that trains are faster and quieter than you think. You can stop track tragedies. Never try to beat a train. You are more important than your packages. See tracks? Think train. For more information, go to oli.org. Adopt U.S. Kids presents What to Expect When You're Expecting A Teenager Learning the Lingo GOAT G-O-A-T Acronym Stands for Greatest of all time As in Spaghetti sandwiches for dinner They're my fave Dad You're the GOAT You don't have to speak teen To be a perfect parent Thousands of teens in foster care Will love you just the same Visit AdoptUSKids.org Brought to you by the U.S. Department of Health And Human Services Adopt U.S. Kids And the Ad Council Dear hero Whoever you are You save lives I live with sickle cell and the pain and the issues that come along with sickle cell every day. I'm most grateful that people are willing to go out there and take their time, their blood, and give me new life. Because of you, I'm allowed to see my son grow up. Giving equals living. 
Give blood. Replenish the supply. Learn more at hhs.gov slash giveblood. Brought to you by the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services. Now you can discover the mysteries of ham radio. Using modern transceivers, you can make friends all over the world. Even talk to astronauts in space, ships on the high seas, and flying aircraft thousands of miles away. Unlike phone users, ham radio operators talk absolutely free and provide vital communications during disasters or emergencies. To find out more about ham radio, visit us at ARRL.org. And remember, unlike the Internet, we crisscross the entire globe wirelessly. Hey, everything okay? Yes, I'm fine. Honey. Hey, I'm here for you. Tell me about school today. When kids can't find the right words, music can help them sound it out. Talk to the kids in your life about their emotional well-being. Find tools and resources at sounditouttogether.org. Brought to you by the Ad Council and Pivotal Ventures. Thanks for listening to News Nation on the go. I'm Ashley Banfield. Join me weeknights, 10 Eastern, on America's fastest growing news channel. Through Travis Mannion Foundation's Operation Legacy Service Projects, veterans, families of the fallen, and inspired civilians across the country come together under the common cause to serve in honor of our nation's heroes. Service projects include city beautifications, planting memorial trees, volunteering at shelters, park cleanups, and more. Ask yourself, if not me, then who? And register for a project near you or as a virtual volunteer by visiting oplegacy.org. Grandpa, look what I got. Wait till you see the bike we got for Jake. It is the coolest thing. Hearing loss happens gradually with age, making it easy to ignore. Yet most older Americans aren't getting their hearing tested. Dad, can you hear me? Untreated hearing loss can keep your loved ones from enjoying what they cherish most. Don't let that happen. Speak up about hearing loss. You'll be glad you did. Brought to you by the American Speech Language Hearing Association. After I lost my mom, I lost my way. Then I found youth advocate programs, yet behavioral health services. As a little kid, I made some mistakes, but I'm not a mistake. YAP gives communities alternatives to residential care, youth incarceration, and neighborhood violence. After completing our program, nearly 90% of participants remain in their community. YAP works. I'm working towards a bright future. Youth advocate programs. Others talk social change. We make it happen. Learn more at yapinc.org. That's my son, Jared. But the world knew him as recording artist Juice World. At the height of his fame, we lost him to an accidental drug overdose. I'm Carmela Wallace. I started Live Free 999 to remove the stigma and normalize conversations around mental health and substance abuse. I want to ensure that we never lose another Jared. Go to livefree999.org to learn more. If you need urgent support, text LF999 to 741741. Leland Vittert at Trump headquarters in Des Moines. Leland, we were expecting the former president to speak at a 1020. We're now 25 minutes after that. What do you know? Well, confidence would be uh, an understatement here. I just talked to one of President Trump's key supporters, Matt Gates, the congressman from Florida. Uh, what's your message to the other Republicans uh, in the primary? And he said, this is over. Tip your waitresses on the way out. So uh, the party's rolling here. I think uh, underneath this, uh, the over 50% thing is key, if that holds, and that neither DeSantis nor Haley really outperformed in some way that shows some deep vulnerability uh, for President Trump. Uh, we're going to have to wait until we get conclusive numbers from, say, uh, Dallas County, Polk County, uh, over in Davenport before being able to talk really about how things broke and whether Haley or DeSantis pulled more. But there's overwhelming confidence here. Something else that's interesting, I think this may uh, speak to why there's been a delay. Uh, the, unlike uh, regular voting, right, this all started at 7 p.m. local time, so about three hours ago, a little less. And the Trump campaign sent out big-name surrogates, Byron Donalds, Marjorie Taylor Greene, Matt Gates, um, and others, uh, out to caucus sites to give the nominating speeches for Donald Trump. <laughs> Uh, they all had to make their way back here to Trump headquarters. So that may be, uh, in terms of a couple of hour drive on icy roads, why we're seeing a little bit of a delay, Dan. 
logistics always more significant uh, than we give credit for. We're seeing now 92% of the vote is in, so we're getting very close to the end here. Uh, 8,100 votes remaining, and Donald Trump with uh, 51% of the vote, and Ron DeSantis with a 21.3, Nikki Haley 19.1. And I, I think that this goes to Leland's point that both DeSantis and Nikki Haley will claim that they had good days here, but in the end, there is only one real winner. Is it possible that Donald Trump, Leland, now sees the writing on the wall that he can wait for all of the numbers to come in and know that he's above 50 percent? Or is this more likely just the logistics you're talking about? Any Anything's possible. Uh, having covered Donald Trump for a while, uh, both on the campaign trail going back to 2015 and out to now, um, he's somebody who doesn't like to give up a TV audience. Uh, and you think about now it being almost coming up on 11 o'clock on the East Coast and people are starting to go to bed after a long holiday weekend. So there's a there's a fine line here between where he when when he's waiting for more votes and uh, when he can can seize a larger audience. The message from Donald Trump, I think, is going to be that that word historic. I think this is something else to look at tonight. Uh, Donald Trump is clearly outperformed, right? This was sort of the, the surprise, I think, if you want to come up with anything, is, is that Donald Trump did, did better than everybody talked about uh, or predicted or discussed he might be. I heard a lot of anger from Trump folks about uh, the treatment uh, by the media uh, towards Nikki Haley. So you've got Ron DeSantis's folks upset with the media and Donald Trump's folks upset with the media, which is always um, a, a fun punching bag. That said... Uh, I think it's going to be interesting to watch. I heard people talk about this. How much he's going to pivot to a general election kind of tone, right? Um, he tailors his speeches and his messages uh, pretty carefully. Um, and when he needs to be and when he's got a national audience, he can suddenly become very disciplined. And some of the sort of more wacky things we hear, um, and he gets, you know, he says in uh, interviews or he says on stump speeches, uh, vastly change on a night like tonight. And I think that's something key to watch for tonight, because this is the first main political event of 2024. How much does Donald Trump sound like a guy who's running for the Republican nomination? And how much does he sound like a guy who has secured the nomination and now trying to pivot and run in a general election campaign for president of the United States, already up on the screens behind us, Dan, uh, to that end? I have been some of the fact checks that they're using about this is what uh, life was like under Donald Trump uh, as president uh, economically, uh, cost of a mortgage, cost of gas and that kind of things. Uh, and this is what it's like now under Joe Biden. So which Donald Trump we get tonight, I think, will tell you a lot about how the team here, how Trump's team views this victory. Really good point. Uh, Leland Bitter, thank you. We'll be checking back in with you. Let's check in with Brooke Schaefer, who is at DeSantis headquarters. Brooke, I assume there as well, they are declaring some form of a victory based on the numbers. There is an air of frustration, for sure, in the DeSantis headquarters here in West Des Moines right now. I can tell you, I just spoke with uh, Dave Vasquez. He's with the Never Back Down Super PAC, supporting Ron DeSantis. Um, and he called uh, the early call as uh, Trump the projected winner here in Iowa. He called it absurd and disrespectful to Iowans. Now, I'll tell you, I did push him, though, on how a potentially early call really changed uh, the outcome here. Um, you know, whether this changed a potential DeSantis win or is this really affecting the race for second that we have been talking about so much? And he said, really, the point is that we don't know how this changed the end result because the votes haven't all been counted yet. Now, for what it's worth, we also spoke to a caucus goer in the room here who said that they started getting alerts on their phones about the uh, projected winner of former President Donald Trump before they even said the Pledge of Allegiance. Um, we also heard from our campaign embeds at caucus locations across Iowa that the same happened there. They started learning about a Trump win before they started writing down names. And that message clearly being pushed by the DeSantis campaign right now. All right, uh, Brooke, thank you very much. Um, you know, it seems to me that that is largely a talking point. I mean, that, that, oh, here it comes. Let's, let's go listen to Pres former President Donald Trump. President Donald J. Trump. And I'm proud. 
From the lakes of Minnesota To the hills of Tennessee Across the plains of Texas From sea to shining sea From Detroit down to Houston And New York to L.A. Where there's pride in every American heart And it's time we stand and say Thank everybody. This has been some period of time, and most importantly, we want to thank the great people of Iowa. Thank you. We love you all. What a turnout, what a crowd. And I really think this is time now for everybody, our country, to come together. We want to come together, uh, whether it's Republican or Democrat or liberal or conservative. It would be so nice if we could come together and straighten out the world and straighten out the problems and straighten out all of the death and destruction that we're witnessing. That's practically never been like this. It's uh, just so important. And I want to make that a very big part of our message. We're going to come together. It's going to happen soon, too. It's going to happen soon. I want to thank uh, some of the great people. We have so many senators. If I go through every name, we'll be here all night, and everybody's going to get angry at me. But the senators, the congressmen from Washington, they came down from all different states. I want to thank you very much. I want to congratulate Ron and Nikki for having a, a a good time together. We're all having a good time together. And uh, I think they both actually did very well. I really do. I think they both did very well. We don't even know what the outcome of second place is. And uh, I see Carrie Lake. Congratulations, Carrie. I spotted her, I have to announce, because she's terrific. She's going to be a senator, a great senator, I predict, right? Going to be a great senator. And uh, I also want to congratulate Vivek, because he did a hell of a job. He came from uh, zero, and he's uh, got a big percent, probably 8%, almost 8%, and that's an amazing job. They all did. They're all very smart, very smart people, very capable people. I think most importantly, I want to thank my incredible wife, uh, First Lady, I'll say former and maybe future. But more important than Melania, I want to thank her incredible, beautiful mother who passed away a few days ago. And she's up there, way up there. She's looking down, and she's so proud of us. And I just want to say to Amalia, you are special, one of the most special people I've ever known. And uh, that was a tough period of time for the family. But she, uh, she's amazing. She was amazing. So I just want to thank what she's done for our family and her husband, who's home right now and very lonely. He's a lonely man, but he's going to be okay. Victor, they're great people, great, uh, great parents to all of us, really. I mean, great parents, but also to Baron. Boy, did she take care of Baron. That's how he got so tall. He only ate her food. <laughs> and I want to thank my family generally. Uh, they've worked so hard. And they've taken so much abuse for being good people. I mean, good people. But uh, Eric and Don, 
They really did. These two have been working so hard, and they, uh, you know, they have another job also, so they have to do it all, but they, uh, they've been working so hard, and I know that Ivanka is home, and Tiffany's home, they're watching, and I know that Barron's watching, good old Barron, he's, I said, you're going to be a basketball player, I said, well, I like soccer, Dad, actually, I said, <laughs> at your height, I like basketball better, but you can't, sometimes you can't talk them into everything, but he's a special boy, but the whole family is just incredible, and my uh, sister Elizabeth, who's uh, just the biggest fan, she's just an incredible person, and uh, always supportive. We love Elizabeth so much. Uh, also, uh, we have a woman who took a big chance. You know, in most states, we have support of everybody, the Congress, uh, the senators. We had Marco Rubio. We had Rick Scott the other day. Uh, we have, you know, probably 50, 55 percent of the senators. And now they're all calling and saying, we want to endorse you, sir. I said, oh, great. <laughs> Same thing with the Congress, men and women. We have tremendous, much more than anybody probably has ever had in this position. And we love them all. They're great. They're really trying to do a good job for our country. But one woman in Iowa who really stepped up was your attorney general, Brenna Bird. She really, really stepped up. Where is Brenna? Come here. She stepped up. She's going to be your governor someday, I predict. So we'll see. We'll see. We'll be watching, but she really did. She broke away from the pack. And she had tremendous courage and uh, wasn't easy. In some states, it's easy. In other states, it's a little bit more difficult. But we have really the support of the people of Iowa, which has been just incredible. Another man who was actually the first person to endorse me in the entire country. He's a state senator. His name is Brad Zahn. He looks like he's the most handsome guy, I think. Oh, you made it. He had to drive from his caucus location. You made it. I call him the Marlboro Man. Hey, Brad. You want to say something? Come on. Go up. Say something. Well, I'll tell you, I had to actually do a TV interview bragging about you. The reason why I was late is because of that, but um, is he awesome or what? I am honored to be the first person in the United States to endorse this guy. The next president, the 47th president of the United States,